grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. So sweet and delicious do I become when I am in bed with a man who I sense loves and enjoys me that the pleasure I bring excels all delight so that the knot of love, however tight it seemed before, is tied, tighter still. Tonight on Lipstick After Dark, we continue our series on the power of the menstrual cycle with the formidable Lucy Peach. This evening, we delve into the give phase, where confidence, generosity and openness to experimentation are all at an all-time high. Speaking of experimentation, Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality invites you to dip your toe into the world of sex toys. And from the therapist couch, our resident sex and relationships therapist Gabrielle Laurie chats with me about anorgasmia. It's a juicy show tonight. Hold my hand. Let's dive in. I'm Louise Wilkinson and this is Lipstick After Dark. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's conscious sexuality. Do you feel the need to spice things up in the bedroom? Perhaps you're in lockdown and you think that there may be some time and space to experiment a little bit. Well... We are all about solutions here on Lipstick After Dark and I welcome back Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality to give us some options that we might like to look at. Jasmine, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Louise. Happy to be back. (laughs) Yeah, it's always great to have you. And today we're going to be looking at something that uh, can, you know, some people think is controversial, uh, some people are down with it, and that is sex toys. Mm, yes, the fun topic of sex toys. Yep, yep. Now, we discussed this a lot uh, with Nikki from Flirt Adult Store, who obviously that's that's her jam, that's her trade. But you're coming at it from more of a, a practical point of view, I guess, in terms of looking at why we might introduce sex toys and how they can enhance the experience. Yes, absolutely. So, I think sex toys could be a little bit intimidating for people. One, because it is kind of one of those taboo topics where no one explains sex toys, and so you're kind of left on your own to work it out. Right. And so when you jump onto a website to buy something, it can be a little bit daunting because you don't really know, well, what am I trying to add? You know, am I trying to add something just to your self-pleasure or are you trying to add something to a partnered experience? So it could be a little bit intimidating to start with. Yeah, sure. But a few of the reasons you know, why you might want to introduce sex toys is maybe you want something different. Mm -hmm. You want to mix it up. You don't want to keep doing the same routine over and over again. Maybe you're struggling to reach climax and you want a little bit extra help. Um, So there's always that perspective as well. Or maybe something's not quite right and so you need a sex toy as an assistant. So one, for example, that I'm thinking of is it's probably not necessarily classified as a sex toy, but it is something that people use. It's called the O-Nut. The O-Nut? Yes. I have never heard of that before. Fill me in. Okay. Well, what it is, it's a silicone ring that you put onto a penis and it stops deep penetration from occurring if that's not a pleasant experience for you. Right. Okay. And so you can, there's like 
you buy a pack and you get four rings and you can layer up the rings depending on the depth that you're wanting to achieve or not achieve. Right. Um, and so for me, with my history of vaginismus, it's something that I used um, in the early days because I needed to, like, I guess, have a little bit of protection mm-hmm. um, while I was, like, relearning penetrative sex again. Right. Um, and so that's what the O-Nut is for. It's like an, an added aid to helping make that experience more pleasurable. Right. Um, but then there's other things like there's crystal wands, there's glass wands, there's vibrating cock rings, there's glow-in-the-dark toys, there's even strap-ons, and that can just be the whole world of things to spice things up a bit more, you know, to add to what is already going on. Yeah, and I think that that's a really important point because speaking to friends as I do, uh, and I probably speak about sex with them, you know, more than the average bear, but I call it research, that some people are a little bit hesitant to introduce sex toys into their repertoire because they feel that they're maybe sending the message to their partner that they're not enough. So what do you say to them? Yes, that is definitely a narrative that has been, I think, told when it comes to sex toys, mm. is that if you need sex toys, it's because you're doing something wrong. Yeah, But that's not true. Let's no. disregard that narrative. That is old narrative. That is not at all true. We use sex toys for all different reasons. Yeah. And if you're wanting to introduce a sex toy and you're not really sure how to go about the conversation with your partner because you're worried, you know, maybe they're not going to be on the same page, you just got to start and have the conversation and maybe start by just having a general conversation about what are your thoughts about sex toys? Have you thought about using them? in the bedroom? Um, is there something that you maybe fantasize about that you would like to try, even if it's something just as simple as like a bit of bondage play yeah. or, you know, feathers or an eye mask or something like that. And, and like I said, it adds to the experience. Sex toys don't take away from the experience. They add to the experience and Absolutely. they just make it so much more fun. Yeah, they do. And I guess, when you're introducing them, particularly in partner play, uh, as you say, it is an addition. It doesn't take away from anything. And it also, for anyone who's sort of questioning this, uh, the sensation, I guess, the way that you feel when you're using them with a partner as opposed to solo is very different because you can't you can't necessarily replace skin-on-skin contact and um, pheromones mixing and and all of that sort of thing. So it really is sort of like an icing on top. Yeah, that's that's such a great way of putting it. It's the icing on top. Mm. It's an added bonus to the experience because we already have what we need to make sex great and a great experience, but then we've got these wonderful people who have thought of all these other ways that we could add to it. And so if you can, let's take advantage of it. Yeah, okay. I'm all for that. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, Jasmine. If you had to come up with one toy for a female and one for a male, if people were looking at starting off, what would you recommend? Okay. All right. For a female, I would suggest introducing a vibrator. Yeah. The reason I suggest this is because a lot of women that I've spoken to struggle to climax from penetration alone. 
Right. They often need their clitoris stimulated at the same time. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So adding in a vibrator to the mix means that you're not trying to have to think about manually stimulating stimulating your clitoris whilst also maybe receiving penetrative sex. Yeah. So it's like it makes it easier. It means you don't have to think about it as much. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I like that so idea. I, yeah. I would recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> Very efficient. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and for guys, I would say to delve into the world of anal pleasure a little bit right. and maybe look at a small um, anal plug or something like that because there is areas within you that you can stimulate more. You know, it's not all just about the penis. Right. So there's a little bit of exploration that can be done there for uh, the open-minded man. I like it. Yes, exactly. The open-minded man. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. Jasmine, I hope that this chat has really sort of brought forward some conversations with couples. And uh, if it's something that you have been looking at introducing to your routine and you have been hesitating as to how to bring it up. We hope that we've helped you bring that issue to the fore. And as we said, who doesn't love icing, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, the, and the cake when you can eat it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Cake and icing. We need everything we can get during lockdown and there's no calories in it either for this cake and icing. 100%. (laughs) We're winning, absolutely smashing it. I think we've done very well. (laughs) Jasmine, thank you so much once again for joining me on Lipstick After Dark. It's always informative, a bit of a giggle sometimes, but always absolutely spot on and we hope that you at home have got a lot out of this discussion. Thanks so much for joining us on the show once again. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. I'm excited to welcome back the lovely Lucy Peach, who has been with us for the last three weeks on Lipstick After Dark. Lucy is a period preacher, educating us all on the power of the menstrual cycle. Now, so far, we've talked about the dream phase, which is our period itself and how we need to be a little bit gentle to ourselves during that phase. After our period is the do phase, ending in ovulation. And that is the time when we are most energized and have the most motivation. Okay, Lucy, so we have ovulated. Where do we go from here? Yeah, so I guess this is around, you know, somewhere around the mid mark of the cycle. And this is like um, the absolute peak. You know, if you think about menstruation as being, Nice, cozy, dark depth. Yes. Um, ovulation is like the ta-da, you know, <laughs> and the sun is shining, you're on the top of the mountain, the wind's blowing in your hair, you just absolutely got the world on a string, you feel fantastic. Yep. You want to stop people in the street and tell them that you think they're gorgeous and <laughs> you are just full of possibility and um, it's a really abundant time. And when you think about you know, the evolutionary function of this time, it's really to foster connection. Yeah. Um, because potentially, you know, you just conceived with that lovely egg. And so now you're making all this progesterone, which is designed to um, foster a potential 
pregnancy and, you know, to really make you feel connected to those around you. And so, um, you know, obviously you're not going to use very many of your cycles to get pregnant Yes. Um, out of the potentially 450 that you have. <laughs> That's a lot um, of kids. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. And so, um, you know, this is a really good time to just, use that energy in the way that you choose and when you know that after ovulation you're going to be making all this progesterone um yeah it's it's really exciting to think about how you'd like to use that and for me um this is the time of the month that I really like to focus on the relationships and the connections that are really important to me and that fuel me all month long Mm. um and this is when I really make sure that the people I love really, really know that I love them and I really invest in, in that, um, that part of my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I do, I do get, I've got a smile on my face when you were saying, you know, you want to stop people in the street and tell them that they look beautiful. There really is, (laughs) I I have noticed after my ovulation, there is this time where you're exactly right. Feel like you're walking through a bit of a movie and the hair's, you know, the hair's falling into place and everybody's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. everybody's beautiful and, and you do find it easy to connect with people and you're a little bit more social in that time, for sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so just yeah. using that is like, okay, because, you know, it's, I think it's connection is, you know, it's important on so many levels. But, yeah, when you really think, okay, no, I want to catch up with those people. I need to have this difficult conversation. I, you know, I want to start this little collaboration over here. It's a really good time to kind of channel that. For sure. And you're going to feel like doing that in that phase much more than you are, let's say, in the dream phase where, you know, there are some days where you're quite happy with your own company. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. You're feeling more introspective. And so, yeah, this is, is definitely more of an outgoing kind of extroverted time, even if, you know, you're ordinarily an introvert, this is. You know, I mean, if you could, you know, plan to have your job interview, that's kind of, you know, what everybody um, always uses as an example for hacking your cycle. You know, if you could plan to do your job interviews after ovulation or have your own birthday party, which, you know, I mean, yeah, I've been known to to do that plan my birthday parties around ovulation. I think that's a brilliant idea. My birthday, I never have my birthday on my birthday because my birthday is Christmas Day. So okay, yeah, you can choose. I am going to do that. I'm going to work mm. out when the give bit of my cycle is coming up yep. after my birthday, yep. and that's when I'm going to throw my bash. What a yep. brilliant idea! Love it. Nice one. Let me know how you go with that. <laughs> I will. It's, all, it's also um, speaking of Christmas. I always give a little shout out on Instagram and say to people, you know, if you're in the give phase now and it's two weeks before Christmas. Write your Christmas cards, do your Christmas shopping, do it when you feel generous because, you know, if you're up on Christmas Eve, premenstrual AF, you know, having to write (laughs) cards to people and you're like, you know, happy Christmas, whatever, it's like. It's yeah, it's harder. Um, I'm resentful. Abundance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm resentful of the amount of money I've spent on you, and I better not get a crap present. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're exactly right. And you are right. Like these things are, are life hacks, aren't they? Without sort of tracking, without writing it down and kind of getting to know your own cycle, it's really easy to just forget these things. And, you know, cycle amnesia is a real thing because, you, you know, life gets in the way and, you know, when you're ovulating, you know, being premenstrual and having your periods, you know, is the distant memory and you sort of mm. just, you, you start to feel like, oh, no, this is the real me. Actually, this is, you know, just, you know, how I am and how things are going to be forever. And, and then it's like it's more of a, a rude shock when when things change. But just knowing where you are means you can you can use where you are but you can also plan for where you're going and, um, yeah. you know, being in the give phase and feeling abundant is it's really exciting and it's a really lush time. Yeah. Um, but again, it's sort of, um, you know, I guess where the world would have us be permanently and, you know, moving from the give phase to being premenstrual and the take phase is um, quite a dramatic transition sometimes <laughs> and, you know, um, it's just, you know, everything, everything changes and that's the nature of having a cycle. And so um, to that end, I would definitely just finish by saying, you know, enjoy the cup that's, you know, full and running over and, and, you know, feeling abundant, but don't promise your life away and say yes to too many things because, if you skid into being premenstrual on empty, then you'll really know about it. And, <laughs> you know, when we go back to the dream phase and you think about that time as setting yourself up for the whole cycle, um, you know, you kind of, you've got to make sure that you budget all of that energy so that will last you until you get to replenish it again. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Saving a little bit if you give energy for yourself. You know? Yeah, Doesn't... 100%. And I'm even just thinking like I'm going through my life and I'm thinking, you know what, it'd be really good to do my um, my staff meetings and connect with my staff in that phase. Um, Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yep. and not try yep. and do it when I'm in my dream phase because I yeah, yep. I want to be more introspective and work on things that require sort of like a deep a deep work and a, and a, and a um, yes. contemplation. Yes. So, you know, yep. you can really That's beautiful. Yeah, you can really make it work for you in terms of setting your month up the right way to to sort of ride with that and embrace it. Um, That's right and, and also to sort of, you know, tune into where other people are as well because you know, if you're having a staff meeting and you're in your dream phase, then you might say, look, guys, I'm, I'm just really here today and I want to hear from everybody else and I want to really absorb what's going on. I want to get a good sort of, you know, big picture of how everyone else is feeling and I'm just here to listen and someone else can take the minutes and, you know, and then, um, I mean, I met a guy who got really excited about this whole philosophy um and he has a creative team and what he does is if he if he's got something quite big to sort of table to his creative team and he's got you know quite a few women on his team that have cycles yeah um he does it in two halves so he'll have a meeting today but then he'll have another one for the same issue in two weeks time because purely for what you just said he wants to know what you think when you're you know, more introspective and observant and he wants to know what you think when you're absolutely on top of the world and on fire and you've got all these ideas spilling out of you. He wants both of those things, yep. um, you know, for this for this business to really benefit from 
from who you are all month long, not just on any given day. So, yeah, big life hack. That's awesome. I love that. And in terms cool, of, isn't it? yeah, in terms of our personal relationships, I'm guessing that this is the time when we really seek that connection with our partner. And yeah, I mean, you know, biologically, it's it's kind of um, that's what it is, you know we're laid out to do. But there's no reason why you know you shouldn't enjoy that connection with yourself, you know, and yeah. self pleasure might be something you want to really explore at this time if you're feeling you know, really fantastic and full of yourself and, yep. um, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's, that's for you, it's for other people, but ultimately it's, it's yeah, it's, it's yours and whatever you decide to do with that um, physically, emotionally. I mean, this is a time when I'll, I'll, um, I'll sort of make a note to really check in with my partner and, you know, do a sort of deep dive into how he's going in general with what's going on in his life. So I'll, you know, how are things going at work and how are things going, you know, with your brother or whatever's yep. going on, like just really kind of getting across all of the big pieces in his life and, and um, yeah, being being there for him on a really deep emotional level yeah. um, as well as, you know, connecting physically, um, yeah, just really being there for, for the people I love. Love it. Okay, Lucy, again, absolute gold in what you have to say. And next week, I can't believe we are edging ever closer to the end of August. Where is Mm. the year going? Uh, So Mm -hmm. we're going to be closing out this absolutely amazing series next week with the take phase. And I can't wait to unpack that with you next week on Lipstick After Dark. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom, or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on Lipstick After Dark? It can certainly seem like the end goal to a sexual encounter. Everybody is looking for the elusive orgasm by yourself, with a partner. It is certainly something that is at the forefront of our sexual experiences. But what happens when we can't achieve orgasm? That is certainly the case for some people out there. And Gabrielle Laurie, our resident sex therapist, is here to talk about anorgasmia and what that can mean to relationships. Welcome to Lipstick After Dark, Gabrielle. Thank you. Great to be here. So anorgasmia is actually, it's a clinical term, isn't it? So it's it's something that can present in both men and women, or is it more predominantly women? It's more predominantly women, but it, it can present in both, definitely. And it can be primary or secondary, which means um, you've had it all your life, or you've only got it uh, currently and you didn't used to, you used to be able to orgasm and you're not able to orgasm anymore or it's situational or it's dependent on who you're with. So that's secondary and orgasmia. So it's just the inability to orgasm, whether you've had it all your life or it's just happening now. Okay. All right. So obviously this would put a strain on relationships and sexual experiences. And I, so I guess when you see it come in to your offices, you know, what are some of the scenarios around how it might present and what can we do about it? I mean, 
you know, obviously sometimes it's it's actually like a medical thing. Sometimes it's a psychological thing. Um, what sort of advice would you give to people who were suffering from this? You've made a really good point there. Uh, if, if my clients haven't yet seen their GP and ruled out any uh, medical causes, uh, then uh, that's where I send them first. You, you should always go to your GP first. Rule out any medical causes because it could be hormonal imbalances, chromosome disorders, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, alcoholism that causes enorgasmia. So um, then you can deal with it. They'll send you to the appropriate specialist. Mm. If, it, if all of that is clear and it's not caused by medical reasons, then come see a sex therapist and we can work with the psychological reasons for enorgasmia. So they can be performance anxiety, STI shame. A lot of people... I mean, one in four people have herpes or uh, human papillomavirus, which is the wart virus, and they have a lot of shame around having an STI or fear of passing on an STI or things like that that can stop them being able to uh, let go during sex and receive pleasure because they feel dirty or worthless. Um, Some people have past sexual trauma that's stopping them letting go and having an orgasm and feeling safe. Some uh, men have erectile dysfunction fears, yep. like they're going to lose their erection and then the fear of that makes it more likely to happen and then they worry about their partner's reaction. If I don't have an orgasm, she'll feel unattractive and feel hurt. Or some women go, if I don't have an orgasm, um, he might get angry because uh, he's seen himself as a great lover and now he feels like a failure with me because I don't orgasm. So then the woman might start faking orgasms. It causes a lot of stress right. in a relationship. Can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And I can see that, yeah, you would in your own head feel, I guess, like there was a failing in you, but also feeling like the other partner is going to see you as less than or that there's something wrong with them. So it just, I can imagine that it would be a big ball of emotion and anxiety when this comes into your office. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one partner might feel abnormal and like a failure or, or and the other person is blaming them or, uh, or one partner might feel like, well, I'm not attractive, you don't love me anymore, are you cheating? You know, all these things can be triggered by an orgasmia. Um, the good news is it can be treated really successfully. So, yeah, that that's a relief for a lot of people. Mm. Sometimes it's just um, caused by lack of sex education, what really works to turn on the male and female body. Yep. Um, in same-sex couples, um, women have less or an orgasmia, uh, higher rates of orgasm with a female partner because... Females know what to do with females more often. Yeah, know the geography. <laughs> uh, They've walked the path yeah, up before. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the same with um, gay couples. So, so we will focus on heterosexual couples today because they're needing more support in that area. Yeah, some of them. Mm, okay, so what should we do to unravel this ball of stress and anxiety around orgasm? Because, as we all know, that's counterintuitive. Because you need to be able to relax and free your mind to orgasm. So, yeah, it is a very complex issue. Yeah. I suppose, firstly, we figure out what are the causes of this then orgasmia. 
Um, is it birth trauma or menopause or is it lack of privacy? Uh, you think the kids are going to come into your room so we get a lock put on your bedroom door. Is it resentment built up in the relationship? You feel neglected, your partner seems like a workaholic or not doing their share of the domestic chores. So the resentment is blocking your sexual desire or ability to orgasm. So once we've worked that out, or are you just bored? You might have been together for a long time and, and run out of ideas of what to do in the bedroom or feel scared to bring up trying new things. So I might start you off with a series of, you could call them sensate focus exercises. They're more sensual touch exercises to help you feel less embarrassed or awkward together if you've stopped having sex for six months because of the anorgasmia. So you feel a bit like strangers and a bit, mm. you know, embarrassed uh, or insecure about how your body looks. Or so we'd start off with just some safe central touch exercises. I would get people to practice masturbation and see if they can orgasm that way and what feels good, or notice if they've got any sexual shame from, a, you know, a really strict religious upbringing or something like that. Um, and I'd educate them to know that women mainly have clitoral orgasms, not uh, penis entering the vagina orgasms. So that can be a relief to some people to find out that. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the the stats are there on that one, aren't they? That, um, yes. yeah, 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 clitoral orgasms are, are much easier to achieve than, than penis in vagina. And certainly knowing that can change the game for a lot of couples. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. So there are things that can be done. Going to a sex therapist, if this is an issue for you, is certainly, I guess it's a little bit like a, a mystery that you that you need the clues to solve, uh, but you yeah, might need yeah. some help discovering those clues with a sleuth like yourself. Yes. Yes. Don't, don't try to do it just alone with the both of you because men and women can project a lot of assumptions onto each other that are just not true, but you might treat them as facts. And that will lead you from, or that will be an obstacle to ever finding out the true cause. So really come to an expert in that area. Um, because we'll, we might say things like practice your pelvic floor exercises. You know, if you're leaking urine when you sneeze, you know, your pelvic floor muscles after your kids might need exercising to help you feel orgasm stronger again. And men can practice their pelvic floor exercises. Yeah. To find those muscles, you just pause the flow of urine, you know, while you're urinating. They're the muscles you're looking for, but you don't want to practice your pelvic floor exercises or Kegel exercises doing that all the time when you're urinating. Now you know what the muscles are. You just practice that away from the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And both males and females can do that for better orgasms. Or wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I guess people don't talk about, and you know, we're we're all about going. Oh, well, I had the most amazing sex of my life. You know, we don't mind sharing that, but yeah. when, you know, when it's not as amazing that can be difficult to talk about so i'm so proud of the fact that we have brought this to the table because it does affect a lot of people and um you know and to let them know that there is a way forward and it's not as rare as people think not at all and and there's nothing wrong with you you know human sexuality is always on a, a spectrum and 
yeah, you know, some people, a lot of women enjoy having sex even without orgasm. So if they're a person that's never been able to have an orgasm their whole life, like, and they're enjoying sex, then their partner may need to let go of what the idea they had of what is great sex. You can still both have great sex. But if you want to work on getting an orgasm, definitely come to see someone and give yourself permission to fantasize. People that fantasize have better, more orgasms. Right. I love yeah. it. Okay. Gabrielle, thank you so much for this advice. It has been an amazing chat. That was Gabrielle Laurie, our resident sex therapist, here on Lipstick After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. When she comes, she pulls you close. She breathes in short bursts. Her eyes close, her head tilts back, her mouth opens slightly. Her thighs turn to steel and then melt. She is perfect and you feel like you are everything. There's been a lot of talk about the big O tonight, dear listener. So make sure that you take tonight's show and apply it to your own sex life, either with your partner or alone. We wish you the sexiest of weekends. We may be locked down. But make sure that you take the opportunity to level up your sex game. I'll see you same bat time, same bat channel next week. I've been Louise Wilkinson and this has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. 